0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is a weekly interview show that is all about art, craft, and creativity. I produce it in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to Craft Sanity. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 65 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. I'm back again and trying really hard to keep cranking out podcasts. And um, I'm also blogging more. I've been, okay, knock on my big metal desk here that I actually will continue this after I tell you what I've been up to. But I've been uh, blogging every day so far this year. It's only been, well, I'm on my 13th day. So we'll see if I can keep it going stop by and leave a comment if you're interested. And if you have something tutorial or something newsworthy that you want to share with the craft community, send it my way and I will uh, do my best to, to work that into my daily posting. But that's not what today's episode is about. It's not about my blog. It's about a fantastic printmaker that I met over the summer right here in Grand Rapids. And I met her at a street fair and Loved her work. Was kind of like just drawn to the table because I just loved what I saw. Her name is Aline Guerra. She was 32 this summer when we taped the interview. Um, Basically, I spent some time at her studio this summer and just kind of seeing where she worked and watching her carve some of her blocks to make the prints. She kind of gave me a little overview of printmaking. Sadly, I still have not had time to really do much with the knowledge I've gathered. Let me tell you a little bit about Aline before we get started. She was born in Mexico City. He does have formal training as an artist, and the story of how she got into printmaking, I think you're going to find that pretty interesting. I know I did. One of the things I like about Aline's work is that she is kind of responding to the world as she sees it through her artwork, and I know that's the case with many artists. I mean, that's basically the case with every artist, but for Aline, she will take subject matter that, like war and uh, women's issues, things that seem to be just out of whack to her, And she will kind of comment in a subtle way. You will hear in the background some, like, the beep, beep, beep of trucks backing up. Aline's studio is very close to a scrap metal dumping ground. And I will put links on Craftsanity.com to an article I wrote about Aline. I'll also post pictures of her work. So without further ado, I'm going to get to that interview. So why don't we start out by learning a little bit about you and... How you got to where you are today? Have you,
1: since childhood, been interested in art? I mean, were you artsy as a kid? I really never thought I was going to be an artist. I I had problems drawing when I was smaller. and But I was always doing things, like things with my hands. I was always, like, fixing things. I think in part because my dad, he, I think he wanted a boy instead of a girl. So <laughs> he, he, like... He they would give me um feral toys but he would was more excited like to give me like trains and cars and mm-hmm. little like plastic tools so and I was also more interested in in the tools than the dolls. I would make like seats for my dolls or I would do like things to play with dolls but it was the process of making all these things that were more interesting than actually playing with so them. So you
0: were into making accessories yeah. and other things. Uhhuh. Yeah.
1: I mean um, when I was in high school in Mexico City I actually before high school there was an art class or it was there was art class as part of the, the curriculum mm-hmm. and I was like, No, I I'm not a narcissist. So <laughs> I went into like electricity or some kind of um, I don't know men's activity. That was good because I learned how to fix things even better. So. Mm-hmm. And then in, when I went to high school, there were fewer options, so I ended up having like art class. And I, I really liked it, and I found out I was actually really good at like drawing and uh, doing many things, like the art thing, mm-hmm. like, because before I think I, there, there was some creative part in me, but not, nobody would see that as an art or as art, so it wasn't developed.
2: Yeah. When
1: you're younger. yeah, and um, so then I learned how to mm, draw, how to paint, and then I still, like, I wasn't sure or I wasn't, like, too excited about being an artist. So I went ha- to the university and I studied um, graphic design. Did you go to? I went to, um, it's the whole name is in Spanish, Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México, which is... Um, it's one of the oldest uh, universities in Latin America. Mm-hmm. And, and also the art school is one of the oldest, but I didn't go to art school. I went to graphic design. And then on the second year, I was so tired of like people telling me, well, you're gonna have, a cl- you're gonna have to have a client and this person's gonna tell you what to do. And, and then you get into, well, what if I end up doing like, Ads for cigarettes or things that I don't agree with. I I would still have to do it, and I would still have to put all my creative ability into something I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. So I took a break and I went, um, the same university had a campus in the mountains, like in, in one city, like it wasn't too far away, but it was like right in the mountains and a little town, very, Beautiful town. So I was there and I, there I learned printmaking, I learned some silversmithing, I learned sculpture. So I was like, completely surrounded by art. Mm-hmm. And the whole city, or the whole little town, they, probably 80% of the population do, are silversmiths. Wow. So, so most of the silver that people wear are, is coming from there, Like so most of the jewelry comes from there. And so, they don't call themselves artists, but I guess many of them are because they come up with designs every week to to be able to sell. Right. So, that it was then when I I, I was like, well, I guess I am an artist. And it takes a while. Actually, it it's it takes so long for you to. To actually acknowledge yourself as that. Like, mm-hmm. You're like, well, yeah, I do this and I do that. But never. It, it, takes, it takes really self-assurance. Mm-hmm. Or se- I don't know how well, to say it. Sounds it sounds
0: like maybe like confidence. You have to build up some confidence in your own work. To yeah. feel like you really deserve the uh-huh. title. Because I know um, a lot of the people I talk to say that was a really hard thing for them. To get yeah. to the point where they're like, okay, I'm an artist. Yeah. You know, are yeah. not
1: sure. Like, well, maybe it's pretty and all that. But... I don't know if, if I'm still an artist. So yeah, it takes it takes a while. What and defined find
0: it for you? Was there a point where you were like, okay, this is really? Did you make a particular piece, or what happened that you decided, okay? I'm I think going this to- is this
1: is shameful because <laughs> I think it takes for people to keep telling you, oh, this is really good. This is really good. You you're a really great artist, and you're like, well, yeah, I went to art school, and I, but. I still don't think I deserve the title. Right, right. And it, I guess it, it, it I think I think it has to do also with, um, like, growth. Like, you grow, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like, before I do it because I had to do it, uh, I don't know, like, it was my responsibility to do art because that's what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, but now I am, um, I don't know what really, I think it was when I turned 30 that I, I became more... Oh, really? So just recently uh-huh. you really felt like you yeah. became an artist? Well, I knew I was before, but, but it was recently that I said... I don't know, like something changed inside me and I was like... I had like really this urge to create. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it seems like this creative wave attacked me and I just can't stop creating. Mm-hmm. And maybe when you uh, compare what you're doing with what other people are doing, mm-hmm. like, well, mine is good. Uh, so maybe yeah, I'm doing <laughs> <like> something <laughs> yes. good. Yeah, I must yeah, yeah, yeah. So y- even even if you go through all the process of like education and all that, it I think it takes uh, I don't know several like steps to to realize that yeah, you you're really where you. Th- thought you would be when you were like, going to be like 50 or something. Like, there's not this top of the hill where you're going to get. Mm-hmm. It's it's this lots of okay. tiny hills that you go up and down, up and down, up and down. And that's what it's It's really not getting to that high point. It's it's the process of going up and down. Well, I love the way you describe that. I think yeah. that's really
0: great because I think a lot of people do think, oh. Like life is just like uphill climb, you know, and you get to your peak, and then I guess and then you then what? A cliff Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to <be> not <laughs> i going to well. have the little
1: hill. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, give, yeah, I mean, it's that process of learning how to go up and down that gets you to that, I don't know, self-realization or, or knowledge or, and experience. You know, that there's sometimes where what you're doing, it's not really, you love it, but nobody else too. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> and then that doesn't mean you're less artist. Right. Or when you're doing things that I, has happened to me. I have done things that I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I really don't like it. I, I have that red yeah. suitcase. One day I decided I have so many prints that I, I don't dare to, to sell for the price. Because there's something wrong with them or I did a monotype and it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. But I also don't dare to put them in the trash, so I put everything there, and I put, like, really, really low prices, and I put sale on, on the suitcase. And I've been doing this for may, maybe three shows only, and people go crazy about them. I don't know if it's the price, that or, it's the price or that it's a sale, or that they're in a the red suitcase, or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you say about that, but i guess it's also i i, I read somewhere that um, people like to touch um, prints there's mm-hmm. and we we take away that 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 possibility because we frame them we put them in just to to save them from yeah, from getting ruined but it's that that i don't know it's it's also like and the tactile these tactile things yeah. and you can
0: touch those uh-huh and You're
1: they they're can looking to get rid of those. right <laughs> so they can touch and they go over and over. And then they come and say, I want this. And I'm like, you really want that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I love it. And I'm like, okay, I can have it. And. Does you let
0: on that you're not thrilled about it? Or is that part of the secret? Is that you just kind of say, okay, thank you? You know, um, I mean, do you tell people that these are your.
1: I tell them, them, like, you know, those are my, my messed ups. You know that. And I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong with them. Like, well, yeah, there is. And some people, they're like, what's wrong with these?" I see it, like, they look exactly the same as the other no, ones. So they
0: don't notice the mistake.
1: Uh-huh. And then yeah. I'm telling them, well, this is that mistake. I'm like, oh, that's okay. I don't quite like it. And some others, that really, I don't know why they take them. And like, How much oh, cheaper like, are those? Maybe, like, I don't know, like, one print that I sell for $20 would be maybe 5 or 2 Oh, wow. So yeah. it could be,
0: well, I think the red suitcase probably does help. People have, you know, they see a sign in America, if there's, if there's a sale sign. People yeah. People think that they're... They're actually saving money to buy it. But then there's the, there's
1: the other the other side where I have had to like really price off my or I don't know how to say it, like my, some some pieces have to be like really 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 high mm-hmm. because they they were part of an auction and and you cannot sell below A that price. Yeah. And I made this joke, it's better than printing money because you're printing two pieces or three because the edition's supposed to be three. And you sell them for 100 200 and you only run like this plate three times, and you have $300. Yeah, you have to spend like a day or two or three carving them. But just the, the fact that you roll through the press and you have $100, it's like... <laughs> yeah, and some people... Some, there, there's the other part where people see that there are only two pieces, and one is, uh, and they are like two hundred dollars. Ju- just because they are so expensive, they want to. Uh, okay, I don't share that way of thinking, mm-hmm. but they think that because it's so expensive, there should be something very special about this piece. Mm-hmm. Where well, really, my other pieces were a part of like a, an edition of fifty, and because of that. Price gets divided right. into fifty pieces. It's like ten dollars. They wouldn't buy it because they're like, "Why is it so so cheap?" So there's, I think, there's people for everything. So yeah. yeah,
0: so it's a little bit of a price game to yeah. figure out what the psychology of the buyer. Yeah. Well, um, maybe if we could um, back up a little bit because you were um, you went to school in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, um At what point did you, after you went up into the mountains and were taking all these great classes, did you end up finishing your degree up there?
1: That's that thing. I didn't finish my design degree. I I I had I had like, what? Like, three quarters, of to finish, and I I didn't finish. I I'm I'm still thinking I need to finish that, and then I I took these classes on printmaking, and yeah, I finished that, mm-hmm. but I still would like to come back and finish. I don't know. I, I still think that the design classes helped me a lot on mm-hmm. on what I do because I still use a lot of like design tools for right, that. Right. So I, I never I don't regret having to go to school for that. Mm-hmm. I really learned a lot. And so I was I was in the um, mountains and we and this is very funny, we were doing um, printmaking and I I have always, um, I don't know, I haven't always uh, an enemy of this idea that art has to be um, in a gallery. I think that um, art should be everywhere. Art, art comes from our human nature, <laughs> so everyone should have access to art in I one agree. way or, yeah, an- right. or another. So. Um, I have a, a poster from from a collective in, in Vermont that says that art should be in kitchens, art should be stick everywhere, because mm-hmm. art is like bread, and art should be cheap. No, not many people share that. <laughs> but Okay. Um, so we we decided to put print on um, handmade books. Oh yeah so that people, yeah, as you said, sometimes they don't know what to do with a piece of paper. Right, right. But if it's imprinted in something that they can use,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they, they, they see, they, yeah. yeah. So maybe that's yeah. not the best way to lure people into art, but it worked. And we were selling a lot of these um, books. And so we were doing well. And one when, when person, um, Suggested us that we we could um, export those, so me and my partner went like into this whole process of like looking for for people abroad to buy our pieces, and so in it it ended up um, working really funny because yeah they told us that they were they could be exported, but mm-hmm. because of um, competition from. In the end they, they sent us back a, a little um, sample. Okay. And they said that that was like three dollars and ours were like twelve dollars. So we couldn't compete that we needed to lower our prices in order to be able to to sell them. And we're like, okay, we're gonna go through this process of industrializing everything. Oh uh, yeah. And maybe just do the print. So we went through that process and we found out that they had um a lot of machinery that were um, maybe half used or that we could turn into machinery for ourselves. And uh, my partner, f- my partner's family live um, here. So we came all the way here to like build this machinery. In it, West Michigan? No, 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 no. In, in the South, in oh. Georgia. And so finally we couldn't do anything. And, then we moved here we had friends here in in west michigan and then it, it completely like changed when we um we started living in a community house that that's in downtown grand rapids and i think that was the best the best thing that happened to me because I, I started to learn about like living in community about like gardening about this other way that I, I was exposed to, but not in that way, mm-hmm. not in that like more intellectual way. Like, m- I don't know how to say it. Like, there was this intention of doing things. And
0: now, wh- where did you live? What community were you part of here in West Michigan? It's
1: called Koinonia House, and okay. it, it is it is very close to downtown. It's just people living in community and trying to, like I don't know, use.
0: Kind of a minimalist approach.
1: Yeah. And giving back to the so you're not wasting stuff. Yeah. We are like six six people living now in that house and some some weeks we don't even have trash because we recycle so much and we have a compost and all that. So for six people living in a house, sometimes we're like, ooh, maybe we should wait another week so that until the the trash can it's really full. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Do
0: you still live there? Or yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think, um, for me not having a family here, that's my family. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's, it's very like supportive. Like if you have an event, they, they make sure they come they to come, your so event. It and like your family, yeah. uh-huh. And then at that house in the basement, that was uh, our first studio, like I had my press there and everything, but it got to a point where everything was get, getting ruined because of humidity, and then in the winter it was it was really painful to work there, it was so cold, Yeah. so yeah, it was good that I found another place. So
2: you
0: moved to West Michigan, what year was that when you came here?
1: It was 2000. And so
0: you've been working as an artist the whole time?
1: Um, it was funny, and I, I, I really wanted to share this because it, it's funny how it's really who, who you know and what what you know what gets you to do things i when i first came here i wanted to like start doing things so i went to offer my help as a volunteer to like many places and they wouldn't believe in what i do because i didn't have credentials or i didn't have like recommendations from people, or okay. nobody knew me, and even though I could show what I can do, and I could show my pieces and all that, and I was offering for free, they were like, yeah, we will call you, or, <laughs> and so, many of those same institutions now, they, uh, they would pay for what I do, mm-hmm. so, but it takes, it takes six or seven years, or, well, maybe, maybe five for people to, Really, I don't know if it has to do with like tight communities like this, or I don't know what what is it about uh, that specific so phenomenon.
0: Who finally gave you a chance?
1: It was people who know more people. So one one woman uh, said, I think the the very first person that I met was was at a gallery, and she really helped me a lot, and then. Uh, I met this this other woman. Said, "Oh, you should you should uh, send your work to." It was for the Girl Scouts. They have an annual event, like oh. an annual fundraising, and so I I donated two pieces. And from there, somebody else said, "Oh, could you donate another?" So it was basically by, by donating don- and donating and donating that people finally recognize your work and then uh, connect you with your work and finally, oh, you are that person who did that. But it really, there is, I guess, the recipe for, I don't know, getting your work out and people to know you would be that you have to donate a lot of art Mm -hmm. so that people really become familiar with with
0: it. Were you frustrated when you first got here? Because it must have been hard to make a living. I mean, it sounds like you weren't making a living off your art because people weren't buying it. You were donating it yeah. to everybody. Uh-huh. But, I mean, what did you do? Did you do, have another job? Yeah. What did you have to do? When
1: I I worked I work at an office doing like really work that I don't like. And then I mean I worked at the factory. What factory did you work at? I can't remember the name, but it was, it was, um, it was near Co- Cooper'sville, and one thing that I hated doing was you had to put these little like rings or like screws into seats. Okay. And but you had to pound like really hard, so I, I messed up my wrist just doing that for for that. Okay. So yeah, so yeah, what so were there's you guys
0: making just seats. You're making chairs, or I
1: think they. I don't know what they made because they made like. Lots of different things, you but uh huh, right.
0: And so you're like, okay, as long as I get the screw in here, that's all yeah. I'm responsible for. Uh uh-huh. Yeah. And then,
1: but it was it was a small like little factory, so you weren't just responsible for something. You had to sometimes like set a machine to do something, and yeah, so I didn't really like that, and and that's why I'm I'm I have made a lot of art that has to do with with the cycle of like being part of a machine, mm-hmm. like you become one more arm of the machine. And that's, that's, um, I don't know, like, many, many people, that's all they, they, they're they gonna do for their entire lives. So and you
0: feel kind of like a deadening experience where you feel like you're not fully alive if you're yeah. doing the same repetitive thing over and over. Yeah,
1: again. so I know what it is and uh, I knew, uh, The only thing is that I knew I wasn't going to be there my whole life. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm an artist. I'm like, I'm going to find something else. <laughs> right. Or um, I can go back home and find something else. But I think that for many people, they just don't see beyond this day. Because they know that day after today, it's going to look exactly the same. And that's got
2: to be really hard. And as
1: long as you make... The money you need to survive—that's—that's that's fine. I'm not gonna ask for more. That's—that's that's okay. And and yeah, that—that's why I have like so many like in my art you can find a lot of um, gears yeah, and, and cycles. Mm-hmm. Well, cycles—that's—that's that's another part of, of uh, what I do. But yeah, that has to do with with that like mm-hmm. that dead end kind of thing. So
0: it's interesting how a job that was probably the furthest thing from art that you could, um, you know, the job is furthest from art that you could probably ha- have, and it's influenced your work, it's kind of come out, yeah. you know, um, in your work. That's well, I guess, is. I guess
1: many of the things that, that are difficult for us are, mm-hmm. are things that more, um, inspire us. Mm-hmm. The good things too, but they, they, it doesn't seem to be as interesting for other people as the bad things, <laughs> I don't you know, or like
0: the, the struggle for some reason. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially if it's not their, their struggle. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um... Well, so that's really interesting. So you you did these jobs until how recently, I mean, how recently, I mean, how long have you been working as an artist full time?
1: How long? It's been a while, actually, and it's funny, because before I was selling, but sometimes I would sell and sometimes I wouldn't sell anything, Mm -hmm. but I guess it's like when you, like, how do you say it, like, you do one thing and one one thing turns out good and then the other not, and Mm -hmm. then, so you learn from failing and right. so my, my first art fair, I didn't sell a thing and it was um, the funniest thing, I was, I was like right next to like an old, older lady who, would, who was doing things that I would never buy. She would use like these little shoes and, and fill them with like plants and she was selling like crazy. It was a porcelain shoe or a regular no a shoe. regular shoe you had a plan uh-huh it. yeah it looked cute but it's not my style I'm not saying it's bad right. it was it was good but so <laughs> I was like oh I'm so jealous but I was I was also happy that she was selling but it felt bad that it's you cannot blame that there's not enough people you cannot blame anybody but you or what you're doing what's wrong what I'm doing that it's not selling. And this is funny. I wasn't selling my prints. I, I was selling all sorts of things. Like, what were you selling? I was selling um, lamps. I was selling um, books. What else? Well, I was selling. I can't remember candles. The like stuff you'd made. Uh huh.
0: Okay.
1: Because that's the thing. I didn't think people would buy prints because they're so useless. What? Like, what do you do with a piece of paper, right? And one day I finally didn't have anything to sell and I had already paid for a fair, I'm like. What am I going to sell so I have a lot of like little prints I, I made like a net and I print I, I hung I pinned them from the net it was like the first time I ever like sold everything people oh, wow. were like all over it all over the the net like, like literally like like flies <laughs> and, and so that's what it took for me to realize. Oh well, maybe I can sell my art. <laughs> 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 so, and yeah, and yeah. that kind. Of, yeah, with things I didn't even know because I thought, oh well, this is what it's it sells at, at well, art when fairs you and shit.
0: Making lamps. Like, what were you? You were making the lamps, or what were you doing? To the oh, lamps? I'll show you a lamp. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> they they there weren't anything bad with the lamp, but this is the thing with art, like a craft might take. A lot longer to to make, mm-hmm. but because it has this title craft, people don't put as much value on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A piece of paper that you call art, just because you put that little tag that it says art or fine art, then they put more value. But I I think both things ha- need the same amount of experience, the same amount of creativity. Mm-hmm. But I w- i I don't know, it's like I don't know what I said about that. But yeah, I don't like it. And <laughs> so yeah. So then I started selling my prints. I I was doing good and but not as good. It it's just until recently when I when I said, Okay, I'm going to take a class to learn how to make business because there's all things with like reporting your taxes with like oh, yeah finances, and i I, I just don't I, I do art i i don't I don't care about like doing my numbers or anything else, but you have to mm-hmm. so you have to learn how to do all that so apart from learning all that, I learned that um, people aren't going to come to your studio or your house and knock say, "Oh I heard you're a good artist. I would like to see your work. you have to put your work on people people's noses as much as you can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then that's when you're going to start to sell. But also you have to, to explore your market and see like w- who is buying from you, where these people are, mm-hmm. like what are their shopping, um, their habits, their, their habits, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that takes you away from making art but you have to do it in order to sell what you're doing. So right. it's 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 complicated. So you have to like devote one or two days just to do that and forget that you're an an artist and just do numbers and do like marketing and you know, do all that. I'm not I'm still not like do do that, doing that completely. Mm-hmm. I'm like in the process. But it may be like two one year ago that I, I um uh, I was saying when I turned thirty, I was so happy because everything was go- doing, like going so well. I had a birthday party. I I asked people not to give me anything. I was gonna give them something, so I printed a lot of like prints <laughs> and gave them away. And it was like from there that I started to like focus more on what I'm doing. So like at first. I I finally realized that people aren't willing to spend more than twenty or thirty dollars mm-hmm. on, on a piece. So that's what you have to do. You have mm-hmm. to bring like that range of prices, like to lure people into my booth. I have buttons. I have cards. I have like cheap I things. Two buttons. <laughs> room, <like laughs> yeah, that, that. I have that. The red b- the suit, suit. Yeah, the yeah. Suit uh huh. That brings people. And then when they like something that's $50 or $100, they won't buy it right away. They, they will come back or they will, you know, call me or they will be back at the end of the day and say, oh, I really love it. I'm going to have it. But if you only have, like, $100 pieces, if you sell one, you're lucky. But Or if people already know you, mm-hmm. then you're going to sell them. But you have to offer that range of how did you
0: do at the show the other day? I mean, the uh, one I saw you at. A I do it,
1: it, even though there weren't a lot of people. I did really well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you did have a great setup, and I think that was really um, a great strategy to have lower end. I mean, it's like something for a dollar fifty. Uh huh. Because then people can still buy your art, and then you catch their attention.
1: Right, yeah. and that's that's in part why I do printmaking. What got me into printmaking in the first place, and I I guess I kept this this. Um, step was I uh, Mexico City. There's always some kind of struggle going on, some kind of uh, labor movement, uh, mm-hmm. and they all do these these um, posters with with s- silk screen. Also, the the wrestlers do these posters, and they're really beautiful. Even though you might not agree with with <laughs> with the wrestlers, or or you really like uh, this the I don't know what what the union is doing. They're so beautiful, and so I I learned that was printmaking, and I was like, ooh, I would really like to do that. <laughs> and then I I don't know. I learned more about printmaking and all the process and the history, and I just completely fell in love. And one one reason why I do printmaking is that it's more social than other ways of art you can make a hundred prints and that that gives you um, I don't know that because of that you can sell the same piece of art for a lower price instead if you make a painting and it takes you a week you have to sell that painting like really high in order Mm -hmm. to pay for all your expenses if I make a print that takes me a week and I make a hundred copies of it, or a hundred, um, a plate, and I, then I make a hundred copies of them, then if my painting was gonna cost a thousand dollars, now these prints are gonna cost $10. Mm-hmm. So I guess only the gallery or the rich person would be able to buy my, my painting, but everyone can buy my print. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's not, um. it, it doesn't, it, it does it doesn't have a lower quality or it's the same quality of art it's just it's 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 shared like right the It same reaches more people uh-huh and you know that this same piece it's it's an original but still it's uh, it belongs to a hundred more different people right right and so yeah. and I think it's more social I like people to have my art. I'm not elitist, so <laughs> I think it's very social and I, I like that part. I, uh, it gives me also the, the opportunity to give it away. Mm-hmm. I, I can give away my prints. You can afford to uh-huh. them,
0: where If it's a painting you took a whole weekend, it might be harder
1: for you to give you away. Can't, no, you can't. You have to you really
0: th- like the person. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a lot of money. <laughs> if I give away a print, I'm only giving away a tenth of my work, right. not the whole thing. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. Well,
0: do you have um, any, uh, like, what is your, your you have this great space here. I mean, we're sitting and there's like a breeze coming in. There's a little bird that came up on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you call that? Like, almost like a fence or something. It looks like on your window here. It's Wh- a
1: garden. If, if I oh, guess is this where they would,
0: like, load things into the building?
1: I don't know what they used it for. The, there are some um, pulleys below, the, below oh, it. Oh, so you can
0: actually pull something in? I don't
1: know. Hmm. I, I wouldn't. I, I would I would use the elevator. Yeah. 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 Well it's
0: really interesting. We're overlooking it. it looks like a what is that back there? It's that back there, is
1: the know? recycling It's a big pile of metal
2: out
0: there. So yeah. you're kind of in an industrial area. I mean you I mean you're not you don't have a view of Lake Michigan out your window, but No, I used to yeah. on other space. but, yeah, yeah,
1: but, it's, but it's, really beautiful. it's
0: it's it's very cool though. I mean you have the um, do you know what this building used to be? A factory
1: of some kind? Or? Well, right now, part of the building, it's the Tango um uh, company or industry, I don't know how, like what's the other what the name. Designation yeah. Is, yeah. But what they do, it's really funny, they do these fly strips.
2: Okay, The all the, the sticky and uh-huh, Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay.
1: and that's all, the, that, that's all the, I think now they are doing more things, but it's, it's nice that it's a company that do Things without using any chemicals. Okay. That they okay. are good at saying we don't use any chemicals so in you're our not product.
0: Feeling, and you're also not feeling nauseous when you're working here. Too. Yeah, well that too. <laughs> yeah. But
1: it's like an environmental product, so, okay, so it's you nice. To endorse that. Uh huh. It's yeah. good, and and the owner is really, really, really nice. So, yeah, it's like we are all happy with him.
0: You're all happy neighbors. Uh, yeah. And um, so you work here. How often would you say you work here?
1: Well, right now I am I'm doing a mural from nine to one, and Monday through Thursday. So <laughs> I tell you, I have to go back home and take a nap, for maybe twenty minutes because I'm I'm working with kids, and for some reason, that takes away all my energy. <laughs> and so I come back home, and then I I come here like from maybe three or four to maybe 10 p.m. when I'm not doing anything but just art. So
0: you have this really great space and I'm just curious about how you devote your time and, and, and what kind of process you have to create your work. Um, you were talking about how you spend pretty much the evenings. It seems like later in the day you've been spending here till pretty late at night, you, you work. Do you try to put in a set amount of hours per week? Like no, just, no, I just, can't
1: do that. Okay. Yeah, I, Sometimes I just don't have anything to do work on it because I cannot come up with anything and uh, during those days I would just do like either printing or things that don't require any creative effort and but when I when I have an idea sometimes I wake up with oh I know so I come first thing in the morning and I start like drawing Mm -hmm. and it's usually the drawing or the the I don't know. Extracting that idea from my brain would take the longer in in the process because then the rest is just like actually uh, I don't know how to describe it. The, then after the idea is put on paper, the rest is things that you already know how to do. Like after after I have the final sketch, I I would I could I would even. I would directly draw on my plate, or I would like transfer it to my plate and then, after that, carving goes really quick. I love the process of carving like i was I was just telling my friend, doesn't it um happen to you that you're you're so into carving that suddenly you realize, oh, it's done, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, "Oh, what do I like?" It's, it, I enjoy it so much that it's almost sad when I finish the carving. Like, oh, I'm, I'm I don't have any more carving to do. <laughs> so then after the carving, you do um, what it's called the, the trial proof. When when you you run it through the press to make sure that's the way you want it to look, and that always surprises you. Like you have an idea of how it's going to look, but it every, like, every time you finish a print and run it for the first time, it's, it's it, it, there's something that like really strikes you or that really surprises you. And that's the part I like the most, like when you finally discover your print. And if there's something that doesn't show well or there are too many lines that you keep working on it. Or otherwise, that's that's your your, I don't know, your good print. Mm-hmm. And that's how the rest of the prints have to look like. And then based on the complexity or based on how big the plate is or how much you like it, or you would determine how big your edition your is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the edition, it's like a set number of copies that you are saying to the customer, there are 30 pieces of this and no more. So if the print is fifty dollars, that's why because I only made these many.
0: Is it hard to stick to that though? Yeah,
1: because sometimes you like it so much that you want to like print it forever. Sometimes for prints are really small or aren't like really complex, or I know that people really wouldn't care. I don't set a, an edition number, and and it was just it just left blank. Like okay. I don't put anything. But those are usually very cheap. Like I. Like the one about the uh, recycling, mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna sell that a lot, and that's not expensive, and it's just for, for well, it's specific. Bathroom, it's for specific people, like no, to, to like it's just this specific public that's gonna buy that from you, and so after that's done, after you run it through the press for like 50 times, because running through the press, you, you're gonna get if you if you say your edition is going to be of 30 that doesn't mean that you're only printing 30 you're going to be printing like 50 or 70 because not all the prints are good so mm-hmm. you have to get rid of too many of them and so you hang them to dry and just enough so that the ink is not tacky
2: mm-hmm.
1: then you have to press them again i usually just use clamps, that prevent prevents the paper from, like, having waves because oh, yeah. you have to, the paper has to be humid in order to catch the, the ink better. Mm-hmm. And it just makes the print look a lot better. Mm-hmm. So when... So is the print, the
0: paper actually damp then when you're... Uh-huh. Oh, it, it, yeah. are you spritzing it with water or how do you get
1: it I There are two ways. If, if the paper is too okay. big, um, you spray it with water and then put it on, like... Overnight in, in plastic bag. Okay. Like you spray one and set it, and then the other one's dry, and you set it on the over the wet oh, one, and then another one's wet, and like like okay. one's wet and one's dry, and one And then you cover it in plastic, plastic and leave it overnight, and then the next day, it's the dampness just perfect, like right. And then um. It, it has to be, you just have to feel like damp but not wet. Mm-hmm and then you run it through the press and because just where the plate is, there was pressure and the rest didn't get any pressure. So in, it it's almost like it stretches where where it gets the pressure, I like where, where the image is. Okay. And so you have to press it again between bladders or okay. to get rid of that like waviness. But mm-hmm. if you wait too much, then you get a print that's all like wavy and, and and hard, S- it might not be very important for some people, some people don't like it because when you frame it, it has these waves and, uh, and then yeah. they show and yeah, some people are very really picky with that. So after after you press it, like the next day, you, you have your prints ready to go and then you have to like number them, sign them and keep them. <laughs> stick them in the drawer and maybe match some uh, and frame some others. I take a picture post it online and hopefully I will sell them (laughs) and that's where the process ends.
0: I see, okay, so it's a lot of um, it sounds like you have the most enjoyment comes from actually creating that block Mm -hmm. that's the funnest
1: part for you. well there are many parts, I just love this process I love carving, I love like inking and I guess from carving and then uh, like running things through the press and then hanging them and then seeing like like hundreds of, li- of little prints just like li- I, I was describing it in my blog that they look like little uh, paper militants because they, some of them were like really political uh-huh. so that's like every little paper is going to communicate a message. Right.
0: So this press that you've had, did you move here with us? You no, you we
1: made it. You that's, made that? That's a good thing about living in this city. There is so much industrial activity that you can find a lot of like pieces from old machinery that you can use. and it, it, You can even like find things that have never been used. They're, they are old, but they have never been used. And um, yeah, you can make a lot of things. So you made that press. Yeah, me and my partner. Wow, uh uh-huh. That's
0: really awesome. Now, is your partner an artist too?
1: Yeah, he's a. Um, oh, he's a uh, sculptor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it, and the whole process of coming with, up with that press, this is a funny story, because some of some of the rollers come from like um, the production line. Mm-hmm. The bands they have to like stay in place, so. The rollers are like uh, bowed in the in the middle. They're like a little, um, like they have a little belly in the middle. Okay. And we didn't know that, so we had the press and everything. And then I I, I, I ran a plate through the press, and it would only print in the middle. You're
2: like, What's going
1: on? <laughs> so we're like, oh, we need to send the send the roller down, and they were like, oh, that's gonna take us forever. So we attach a belt to them. To the roller, and then attach that belt to a bicycle, and I would bike so that we would send that bike th- that roller down. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. Was so like, you were doing like an
2: exercise. Yeah, uh, yeah, but
1: no, it was just impossible. And then somebody told us those are hollow in the middle, so you even if you send it down, you're gonna end up with a with a hole. Oh, oh that would be so. Worth like, oh, yeah. we need to find more rollers. So. Finally we found these rollers which are like made of like this really hard plastic or or not plastic like rubber or and they they work perfect usually you need three felt I'm I'm using one I'm I'm getting rid of the the pusher which is a middle felt mm-hmm. because those are I don't know they're, they're not really hard so and I print like large large plates and they it, it it works good. I can't do etching, but I don't do it. I don't do much etching. So how much uh.
0: did it cost you to make, do
1: you think? Uh, just the materials maybe like $500. Yeah. Mhm. And, and a real like, like a real one would would have cost like 5,000. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it would it would look a lot nicer than this, but
0: no, I think that I think it looks cool. I think it's and I think that's kind of cool the fact that you made it yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: taken the DIY to the whole new level. <laughs> a lot of people don't well a lot of people wouldn't know how to make I mean they'd be quite intimidated
1: yeah. to do that. Well I, I think that's that's part of being an artist is that you don't you don't stick with whatever they tell you that I, I don't know, it seems like sometimes we are so used to like having Things made mm-hmm. that you don't even like. Your brain doesn't even bother to think. Oh, maybe I can make it, or mm-hmm. maybe I can. And I think that's that's what artists have. They they're like, well, I cannot afford it. I better make it, or yeah. I won't have it. <laughs> right.
0: So, what did you use before you um, made your own press? What did you use we
1: before? we used to use? Uh, do you yeah. remember these old washing machines? They had this this we were using those, and before that. I think I I wasn't even I, I wasn't doing printmaking because I tried the spoon, I just got so frustrated because I like to work on large pieces too, oh, and, so you and if, to you, do, if you do if you do the spoon then nobody's gonna pay for your work, so.
0: So what do you recommend for people if they don't have access to materials to build their own press? If they're just getting started, like say for the first press, if you want to just learn how to you know carve your first block and start
1: printing, uh, what do you do? Little little prints like five by five inches mm-hmm. are good for the, do the the spoon. And also, I don't know how practical this is, but at the Mexican store, they have these tortilla presses. Okay. And you have to look for those that are made of wood. They are like two blocks of wood, mm-hmm. and that's what, where you press the tortilla. You have to unscrew the, um, the hinge and leave um a little like gap because the way they are constructed, they're they're like and two, uh uh-huh, right, right two now. like together. So you have to leave this this gap, and then it, it should be a little or maybe just the same size of your plate, mm-hmm. and that would that would work. Like, yeah, have you yeah. tried that? Yeah. yeah, I use that with kids, yeah and they love it. They, they just they can't and where have you enough go? of that. So what
2: store
0: around here would have that?
1: Um, I guess any any Mexican store would have it. They tend to have m- most of the metal ones. Those you don't, you can't use those because they, the way they are constructed, you can't use them. Or you can make your own. Like, basi- it's very very simple way to make it. You just need two thick pieces of wood, mm-hmm. a hinge, and a way of like pressing them. So I you just
0: put, you're just pressing it down. Like Clamping it down—that's how yeah, you. Uh-huh. Okay, like a stamp. What are some other ideas? Uh, other ideas. When you just are kind of pushing okay. down with the back of a spoon. Yeah. Now, does the print come out? I mean, is it quality, or would you say?
1: It depends on like if, on printmaking. Like there are so many factors that can affect the way your print turns out. One is that if you use uh, a paper that has too much um, texture, mm-hmm. or too little, or too much sizing or if it was damp or if it was dry. And then the kind of ink, if it had too much oil, if it was too um, tacky or too okay. dense. Uh, I think for printmaking what you need is, a, is a, an ink that it's um, more oily, more runny. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're gonna use a press, then it, it really doesn't matter too much. I use etching ink. Uh, a lot of people use print, like block block print ink. For some reason, etching ink works better for me, but I use a press. The other way is the speedy cut. You don't need a press for that. You just need the press of your hand, and you press down. All the inks have some additives. Okay. When you buy your ink, you, you can make it thicker or more um, runny, mm-hmm. runnier. You need more oil on your ink if you're going to use uh, speedy cuts or okay. this. Because if, it, if it's too thick... Then it won't. A big lab of Yeah, it, yeah. So you need more like oily, and um, you you need your briar. That's the official name, but it's really a roller. Oh yeah. You need okay. your roller, and then um, maybe like tw- you you roll it like twice, and then press down on paper, mm-hmm. and then you get a print.
0: Yeah, and it looks good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I found that it's usually on on. Not the really nice paper, the nice uh, cotton, PFK. That it doesn't really work on those, but on regular like card, like uh, cardstock, mm-hmm. it works really good. Like yeah. I, I make a lot of cards okay. and, and little prints, it. and I, I would use that. Yeah. And then you go really fast because yeah. you're not using a press, and you're like inking, pressing, inking, pressing, and inking. Just keep going.
0: Uh-huh. Do you have a favorite design?
1: My f- a favorite print that you made. Um. Not specific one, but I really like the one about the introspection one, just because it had to do with uh, a friend who was like going through depression, and mm-hmm. it really impacted our lives. Mm-hmm. I think I like it because of the emotional, I don't know well, it's very feeling to you. Uh uh-huh. yeah. And the last one that I made, I really like it. I can show it to you. Um, I made a painting first, and then i I made a print mm-hmm. and and I just like it, it it's it 's a very subtle feminist print, so or maybe it 's not that subtle but yeah yeah Yeah, it 's funny some some of them are so subtle that even people who I know wouldn 't agree with with my point of view would buy it, mm-hmm. so maybe. I don't know. I feel like I'm lying to them <laughs> for not telling them what it is about. <laughs> so people but buy it
0: and they think it means one thing, but uh-huh, really your intention is uh-huh, another. Yeah. Well, it's probably okay then, though. I mean, if yeah. you're happy and you're happy, then
1: yeah. you know, yeah. it keeps you in business, right? Right. Well, I yeah. yeah. So hopefully they won't find out. <laughs> or maybe Want if their they find, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the policy. No, no <laughs> no no, no.
0: Every sale is final. How many prints have
1: you done? would you say? Um, in my life, I don't know like, a lot. Like just the little ones, I make a lot, and I was starting something about getting news from the Grand Rapids Press, and every every week I would make one. But then I'm like, no, this is too much work, and I don't think if I I would like to do it. So I so stopped. So what
0: were you doing? You were doing um. Based on the news?
1: You were Based on press. one, one, like, really, really senseless news that I would find. Like, this doesn't make any sense. What is it even in the press? Uh-huh. But like then, like, Can
0: you give me some examples?
1: I can't remember. Yeah, I guess I, I never, like, really devoted too much time mm-hmm. to it. But some, I can't remember. It was something about silly things that a pres- the president did or... I don't know, like things that really aren't relevant Mm -hmm. for, but I guess it's what sells or like, you know, this is not really informing me. This is not really giving me information to make like good decisions about (laughs) anything. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm really picky. That's the thing. I I can't stick to a series. Mm -hmm. I I did a whole series about war and I I did a whole series about um, genetic corn and... What was my latest? I was doing some quilting about like integrating like, printmaking with quilting, and I'm not a quilter, but I needed to use quilt as a soft material, mm-hmm. and it was about cluster bombs. I don't know if you have heard about cluster bombs. There these the cluster bombs are what are dropped in the like when <laughs> the truck. um because we're like in war times. Mm-hmm. Those those are being banned already like it's illegal to use cluster bombs, but there are still some cluster bombs left from other war times, and there's still countries using cluster bombs. They they drop them from, from planes, and they are like bright yellow, and they resemble eight packages. So because they're yellow, like bright yellow, and these cluster bombs are bright yellow. So if it says warning, this is a bomb, but it's in a strange language, how how would you tell? So who end up picking these picking up these cluster bombs are kids, or women. So you see a lot of kids missing arms or or missing limbs generally, or others that you will never see because they're dead. Yeah. yeah. So I was very disgusted. <laughs> so my way of playing around with that was I'm gonna make something like really 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 bright and colorful and that would attract people to come and see it and then when they are in front of the piece they realize oh this is an anti-war this is about bombs, and it's not so nice nice yeah Uh it's it's horrible but from from far away you you get attracted to it i made two two pieces and then i got a little frustrated because some of the sewing it was like oh this is so difficult i can't do it anymore so that's why it takes so long. Because until I get like I get rid of my frustration, I take it again. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well,
0: that sounds interesting, and I lo- I love the fact that you're you're kind of challenging people's own beliefs. I mean, because it kind of with that piece, it, when people view it, it's going to put them in the position of the people who are coming up to these. I mean, you kind of almost have a similar experience. Of course, it's not nearly as violent. You know, your yeah. your your quilt's not going to explode on them. Right. But they're going to have that same kind of like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. For the people, unfortunately, picking up the bomb, it's too yeah. late, uh-huh. you know, so it's really interesting. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, so good luck with your sewing.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah,
0: so what would you say about printmaking as far as other, compared to other um, art forms? I mean, do you think it has the respect that, like, painters and other, I mean, where do you guys fit in? I mean, do it because I think people hold painters up to be like, oh, this is very expensive yeah. and this is, you know where, um, as you were saying, with printmaking, it's more financially accessible? So uh uh-huh.
1: audiences. and it's like the whole world of printmakers, it's like the secret society of printmakers. I don't know, it seems really interesting because we have so much work, like our drawers are always full with, with work mm-hmm. because you make a series, you make each series maybe like 20 pieces, so you have 10 pieces, you have Two hundred pieces laying there, so printmakers organize these um, trades. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember ex- uh, ex- exchanges yeah. of prints, and they go all over the world. Like somebody posts them on, on the on the website, and then you sign up. you you said you're you're supposed to send ten or twenty prints to this direction, and then in so much time you're gonna get ten different or twenty different prints from twenty different artists around the, the world. And so we printmakers have a big collection of prints, mm-hmm. right? And I guess we are into printmaking because we just love the technique, we just like the texture or, or the, I don't know how dramatic they can look sometimes mm-hmm. because there is so much contrast. So it seems like we are more social. We are more uh, into sharing with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we share a lot of like, um, there's a whole like block of, Somebody has a question of, I am having this problem with this ink. How should I solve it? And like twenty different answers that like, oh, come wow, back right great. away. So it's like a like a really close, I do know, community mm-hmm. that's all over the world. <laughs> I I think it's really cool about like uh, about printmaking, and um, I guess right now there is a. Well, it's really Um, I don't know, what we are really struggling with is the the new technology with the G-Clay prints which are these uh, prints made of paint. As a painter you go to uh, this gallery and they they make uh, digital prints of your painting. And so now people can't really tell, well, this is a print, but this is a print too, so what's the difference? Oh, okay. And See. they they are, it's not the same, they are prints, but it's not the same technique. So now it's like, oh, we really have to let people know what's the difference and why this is only black and white and it's not as colorful or not as interesting as this. But this was made by a machine, it doesn't mean that it's less, important or less beautiful or there's something wrong with it or with mine just a different technique right. and then you have to be really I don't know you have to now educate people about your art and why is it different from other prints or why what is it about printmaking that's so special or anyway so
0: it seems like printmaking is really popular right now like yeah a lot of people
1: want to learn it I know
0: I've wanted to learn for a long time haven't gotten around to it yet, um, but you've inspired me to actually oh, do it. Oh, thank you. I can't draw though, so I'm a little concerned <laughs> about what <laughs> this is going to turn out to <laughs> be like. It doesn't matter. You
1: know how to do it. You can do abstract. <laughs>
0: yeah, I th- well, mine will definitely be abstract. But because of the popularity, why do you think people are getting into this? I have no idea. Because you've been into it for
2: a long time. Yeah.
1: yeah. I be. don't know. I have always liked it. But I don't know. I, I really don't know. Can you explain um, Red Hydrant Press is the name of your uh-huh. you work under um, and you
0: have this really cute little fire hydrant yeah here.
1: that was on my birthday invitation card and uh, it's one day I was so happy I woke up I woke up because I was I don't know turning 30 brings a lot of like trauma to some people like you're getting old <laughs> you finally realize oh I'm 28 I'm 29 I'm still in my 20s and you suddenly so you say oh I'm 30 <laughs> I'm turning 30 am I don't know I guess my own way to deal with things is like, okay, you have to look at the positive side of things. So, I don't know, there was this whole, like, good set of events that were happening to me. I'm like, well, this is a changing stage in my life. I'm doing so well, like, emotionally, spiritually, I'm, I'm feeling good. So, I guess it's good to turn 30. It's good. So, I, for some reason, I had this image of this. It makes no sense. I don't know why, but this this red hydrant was in my mind, and, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna make that into my invitation because so what that's image. And they, do they were like, what's the, the fire yeah? Fire <laughs> uh, what what's the meaning behind it? I'm like, there's no meaning. I just like them. I like them a lot, and they're everywhere. So, uh, and we don't pay attention to them no, because we, we, we take them for granted. Or so like unless
0: something's on fire, we're usually not paying attention to the fire hydrant. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And. So I could I could make a lot of analogies or but really there there aren't. So Yeah. I'm, I'm so <laughs> you know. that's when
0: you decided so like your thirtieth birthday is when you kinda of decided that you were gonna go Red Hydrant Press was gonna be the name. No, it was
1: just recently when I had oh, to like recently. register my business. Yeah. I like well I can I can use my own name but nobody can pronounce my name. <laughs> <laughs> so or I can just be that and other thing I it helps when when you come to people and they know you are the artist, but I don't want my person to relate it to my art. I want my art to be by itself. So I if I give it another name, mm-hmm. it's like they don't know I'm a woman. There's something about, I don't know, women artists. They don't. They aren't recognized. Like, for some reason, they think that, I don't know if you have noticed that, like women artists don't do as well as Male artist You know,
0: I have not Since I've done some art shows And my stuff has been I haven't done enough To really know that firsthand. But you seem to think That, that women just have a hard time When, when I am
1: at my booth And there is a friend A male friend They go directly to him Like, oh, are you the artist? And I'm like, mm-mm It's her, actually and I'm like, oh I like your work But they, they so really they assume da- that it's the man Uh-huh well, I guess mm-hmm. it, my, my, some of my art's really violent, maybe, or s- like when I was doing the bloody prints the with, sets, yeah, yeah, they would assume that well, she'd be a guy doing this. and Some other, they, they're not too feminine, I guess. But really, there's something about like, this preconceived idea that mm-hmm. women aren't as creative or as good artists as men are. I don't know, I'm not saying I don't want people to know that I'm a woman, I want, I, what I'm saying is that I, I don't want people to, like, make uh, ideas of, oh, it's a woman, so therefore her art should look like so, or, I don't like, know. You
0: don't want people to judge your work before they even get a chance uh-huh. to see it. Like, just to judge and, and look at the work for what it is, not look at you and then look right. at the work and uh-huh. try to figure out what they think about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can understand that. Or because
1: I'm Mexican, they, oh, Mexican art. No, it's not Mexican art. No. It's art. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, this was probably a very wise choice, because it sounds like this works for you. Red yeah. hydrant press. Plus, it's kind of catchy. I love it. <laughs> I, I, love it.
1: I, know, I don't know why people like it so much. I like it, but like, I no, I just think why.
0: it's great because it is an everyday, ordinary thing. But yet, you're attaching the significance to it now, so it's and that's nice. most
1: of my work. I, I use like very ordinary things. One teacher told me once, uh, there are no like great themes. Everything could be a good theme for mm-hmm. your work. Mm-hmm. Use like every. They things are what really get more attention, or or things that I don't know, like very simple things, mm-hmm. really are what make our life more enjoyable. Or I can't I can't remember how he said, but usually we are looking for this great thing, like oh I want to I want to express. Freedom or, or happiness and really there's no way to uh, maybe happiness is your dog so right. right <laughs> so right. do do something about your, your dog or happiness is your your back garden or so make a tomato. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe eating an apple it, it gives you joy. Well so I I think we sometimes spend too much time thinking about these greatest themes and really there aren't just as as Happiness isn't at the top of the hill, it might be at the top of many hills. <laughs> so. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like it going, you, you might want to make a print someday of like all those hills. <laughs> Maybe. It's, it's, you've said it a couple times during this interview and I think it's a great metaphor.
2: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Is there anything I, I didn't ask you that you want people to know about your work or about printmaking?
1: Uh, printmaking, it seems to be very difficult at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might cut yourself several times, but don't give up. <laughs> That's just at the beginning. I, feel, I haven't cut myself in years now. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I don't know, learning how to cut your plate is also learning how not to cut your finger. Yeah. So it's not as difficult. It's really just learning how to... Just as you learn how to write in one direction, mm-hmm. you are, you're going to learn how to draw in negative or how to think right, negative. It is kind of the reverse of yeah. what we trained to. Think. Uh-huh. Yeah. but it's just by doing it many times that that you learn. Like, if you take a class you might feel frustrated at the beginning mm-hmm. but don't give up. Like after several tries you're going to find like instead of like blending colors you're just making textures. You're doing high contrast and it's really rewarding because after you do a, a, a really good plate, you know that you can give away ten of them and everybody is going to, I don't know, enjoy your work. Mm-hmm. You can give it away on holidays or for gifts or to friends or you can even participate on one of these um, exchanges. <laughs> and get a bunch yeah. of in return. Yeah, so yeah, there's many, things about, many good things about printmaking that yeah. why you shouldn't give it up.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. it seems like it's a great community thing, too, as mm-hmm. you said. Yeah. Because you have so much work.
1: Right. You can share it. Uh-huh.
0: That's great. Well, I'm excited to, to try this at some point. <laughs> okay, yeah, so. yeah, we have it stage yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Well, I think your work's fantastic. Huh? Thank you. Okay, well, thank you. It's been great.
1: Yeah, well, me too.
0: Thank you, Aline. I really appreciate this time that you took to chat with me and show me your studio and just... Give me a guided tour of the world of printmaking. I really appreciated that. And I hope you folks at home enjoyed it as well. I want to remind you to check out CraftSanity.com for links to Aline's work, her website, um, also a project that will get you started. Um, We originally did this one for Christmas, but it can be easily adapted to become a Valentine's Day printmaking project. So I will have links also to the column I wrote about Aline recently. So you'll find that all at craftsanity.com. I want to remind you that the contest to win a copy of Susan B. Anderson's Itty Bitty Nursery book. That's her second book um, that's out, and it's fabulous. And she was on the last episode of Craft Sanity. The deadline is January 18th. So I want to just remind you all about that so you can get in on that action. Um, Basically, all you have to do is post on the blog. The subject is whimsy. I'm asking people what is the most whimsical thing they've ever made. There's been some really interesting posts and I had at least one person send me a photo and it was of this just cute little doll that looks like it's part crocheted and and also made out of handwoven fabric which I mean I love as a weaver uh, myself. I really do love it. So go ahead if you haven't done it yet please post and Weigh in on this discussion of the most whimsical thing you've ever made, or if you haven't made anything you consider whimsical, just post about something that you'd like to make or something you wish there was a pattern for. You know the drill. You just copy your post then into an email, send it to jennifer at craftsanity.com, and I will put you into the random drawing for this cool book. I wanted to make a point to do a little shout-out and special thank you to Kimberly in Los Angeles, California, and Jill in Portland, Oregon. See, I think I said it right that time. I'm getting better. Um, For supporting the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And it's funny because I think I get the biggest kick out of when people send me notes about, about the show. And it's like... That Those are priceless to me, so thank you so much. I think this year I'm kind of on a mission to really put a lot of effort into this and see where that leads me. I really appreciate all the input and feedback that I get from you. Keep in mind that some people don't really want to be interviewed. And I just kind of want to say that because I know that some people are kind of wondering, like, hey, I keep requesting so-and-so, and she's not interviewing her. Um, and so there are a couple cases where that comes up. I am looking for some Valentine craft ideas. I'm also interested in, in the month of February, posting about handwriting and handmade, like handwritten items, and maybe handwriting on crafts and letters, because while not everybody's going to be sending out valentines, a lot of us like to write letters. I mean, I wish I had more hours in the day, but I would love to get a pen pal swap going, get people writing letters to, you know, to like old-fashioned letters. I mean, there's nothing cooler than getting a letter. Yeah, I'm gonna just throw that out there and see what you folks think about that, if you have time to do, maybe not letters, maybe those of us who are really busy, maybe we just have it's more realistic to think that we could do a postcard exchange. I guess I'm going to, before I throw out another idea that I don't have time to execute, I will uh, I will let you go. Um, thanks for tuning in this week, I really appreciate it, and I'll be back soon with another episode of Craft Sanity. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me.
2: Thanks for listening to the
0: Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Eckerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guest and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for CraftSanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the CraftSanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email jennifer
2: at craftsanity.com. Thanks again for listening to CraftSanity.